0: It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports, with Scott Trailer. Brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Traylor, along with producer Austin O'Neill. We are live from the Racing Boys Studio here in lovely Kansas City. What a beautiful day it is in Kansas City today. Holy cow! It's going to be in the seventies today and tomorrow, and then it's going to turn freezing cold on Friday. Austin, are you not looking forward to the cold weather? Are you a cold weather guy? Yes
2: or no? Uh, it doesn't doesn't bother you. It doesn't really. Uh... try this again it doesn't really bother me that much i mean cold weather sucks because we're not racing um but i'm really not out in the cold that often either it's heaters cranked in the shop or you know i have all the vents closed in my room while i'm on the computer racing so um besides that i mean it it doesn't really affect me that much i get to wear my cool uh simpson racing coat uh that only comes out you know during the cold months and um besides that that's it's all i really have about to say about you know cold winter season i just uh if it's going to be cold at least give us some snow um i see I, I don't want any snow i i i don't know why just nothing's better than walking out in the morning you know through the well a couple inches of snow to the shop and and you know look out the windows when it's uh, you know, if snow's falling, or it's you know nice and white outside, so it matches all my cars. And um, you're not right, but I'm just telling. Just, you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. How, we'll see how this winter goes. I'm not. I'm not too sure what what our our great forecasters have to say about uh, what we're gonna see, but you know, we'll we'll find out. I Man, it should be. I. It's hard to believe we're already almost halfway through November. So, um right. It's it, the weather should be turning here anytime now. Oh, Paul's checking in from Van Buren,
1: Arkansas. Do you, uh, and I'm going to let you get a, a hold of uh, Jason right now, and um, I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, I don't know if people remember back in the day, but back in the mid-80s, there's a racetrack down in Van Buren, Arkansas, that used to pay $10,000 to win a street stock race that was down there. And I remember my friend uh, Billy Deckman going down there to try to run that race one year, and he didn't make the show. And on his way back, uh, we stopped in Monette and raced there. And boy, what there was a big story involved there at that racetrack when we were coming back and stopped in at Monette. Um, yeah, interesting story. I don't know if I should tell this story on the air or not, to be honest with you. Um, But we're going to get uh, Steve Post on. He's going to be on here in just a little bit. We'll talk to him about everything in NASCAR and what's going on with the Oval Nationals, the World Finals. And we're also going to get uh, Jason Reed on here in just a moment to talk about the tickets that are for sale at Knoxville right now. So let's bring on Jason Reed on, general manager of Knoxville Raceway, onto the show right now. Jason, how are you doing?
3: Great! Thanks for having me on.
1: Hey, man, it, it's uh, it's pretty big. Uh, tickets are now available. Let's talk about uh, tickets available for the uh, the four day Knoxville Nationals.
3: Yeah, uh, we have our our ticket renewals going on right now through uh, next Tuesday, November fifteenth, for all the people that had the four day pack before. And ticket sales are are going extremely good, so that's good news to hear. Uh, we just want to make sure we get the word out, you know, for uh, the way ticket sales are going, that everybody that has their tickets gets them renewed we've had several people already calling in wanting to, you know, to get uh, tickets for next year. And we're like, oh, you can't do it yet until we get the, the other ones renewed. So just want to get the word out and make sure everybody that wants the once their seat's back gets them renewed before they go on sale to the general public on December 1st.
1: Yeah, we're visiting with Jason Reed, uh, the general manager of Knoxville Raceway. H- how's it been going up there so far with you? Uh, as the new
3: general manager. Has things been going pretty good? Yeah, it's been going really good. I've uh, re- reaching out to a lot of our partners, uh, trying to, you know, get things going for next year. Uh, we're working on some uh, ticket details, uh, uh, you know, some ticket deals for next year also, and then just working on selling the national tickets. So, yeah, everything, uh, the first month has uh, been awesome.
1: I don't know if you can comment on it, but we had Bob Baker on yesterday and the the rumor has it that on June 2nd and 3rd the USAC non-wing sprint cars are going to be coming back to uh, Knoxville Raceway. Can you comment on that at all?
3: Well, I cannot confirm, but I I can say that we it's it's really close to being, you know, a uh about i can't say for sure it's going to happen but we're really close so yeah we're working on that
1: it, that's a big deal to bring back the uh, t- traditional sprint cars back to knoxville isn't it
3: yeah yeah we always have a lot of people asking you know uh I mean, ken is there any way you can get a non-wing race back and so then we uh kind of started looking at it and then t- and talked with them you know and saying you know maybe we can try this again and, and see see if we can make it happen and then, and then we, you know, we're talking about just doing it on Saturday night. And then we're like, man, if we're gonna do it, let's let's make a weekend out of it and get them over here for two nights. So, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where we're leaning to now. Like I said, it's not not 100% done yet, but it's uh it's getting really close. So.
1: Yeah, um, I, I believe the uh, season opener is going to be on April 15th. Um, it it that's kind of a it, it's kind of tricky at that time of the year, isn't it? Uh, to, <laughs> yes,
3: it is. It's a the the weather it can be a kind of a crapshoot on what you're gonna get there. because uh, we actually, you know, thought about waiting another week uh starting off. But then we had the outlaw show for that weekend. So we thought, man, we oughta maybe we better try to run the weekend before just to make sure, you know, coming out of winter everything's working like it's supposed to and uh operational. So we're gonna uh, weather pending, we're gonna we're gonna give her a shot there on the fifteenth.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um th- there's a few other things that are, uh, in this press release and, and maybe we ought to, uh, kind of shout out there. I, I think you're taking bids for cleaning services up there as well, right?
3: Yep. Yep. Yes, we are. We got, uh, you know, we kind of got the, the mowing, uh, snow pushing and the grandstand cleaning all together. You know, we got, we got about three different contractors that we work with, uh, to try to keep this whole place, uh, clean. So yeah, we've got those going on right now. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, talk about this, uh, uh, Denison racing T pop, uh, T's pop-up store that's going to take place as well.
3: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Deb Denison, that does our, she, uh, handles all of our t-shirt sales and stuff here for the track and, and keeps us stocked up for that. Uh, she has a couple pop-up sale, or having one pop-up sale weekend this year where, you know, people can, uh, if they want some Christmas gifts or, uh, just want some other new, uh, uh, shirts or something that they didn't get bought this summer, you know, that, uh, she has those available for sale. And that, that always seems to, she did that a few years ago and it, it seemed to go really well. So we're going to do it again this year, just giving people a chance uh, to get some, uh, shirts for themselves or presents for someone else for the holidays or something.
1: You know, uh, uh, this is very interesting to me, uh, the Knoxville racing history book, uh, that is going to be for sale for 40 bucks. Um, talk about that book and in the details of that book.
3: Yeah, that's that's put together by Bob Wilson and Eric Arnold. Uh, Bob was the track historian here for you know um, a long time, and he you know he covers the earlier years. And Eric Arnold, you know, he kind of he's taking over that position now at Knoxville. So he's got the more recent years here, the information there, and those guys they uh, work together putting uh, putting together a book um getting it published and uh and getting it for sale so yeah they've been working on that they've got it ready to roll and so uh those will be going on sale too and just a good history telling you know you know of different events that happened here at Knoxville and uh, a lot of interesting facts in there
1: yeah no doubt
3: um I kind w- of give a
1: little bit of a shout out to John McCoy he's going to get the Ted Johnson award uh talk about that a little bit and what that award means to people
3: yeah that's uh john he's uh i'd say he's very deserving of that job uh, or that the award that guy uh, he's always you know he's always looking out for the l- well-being of the racer the racetrack and the fans you know he's always trying to say well if we don't do this what 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 does that jeopardize you know does that like with the tethers a lot of people weren't wanting the tethers. john's like man i don't want to see nothing fly in the stands you know hit somebody so yeah he's a He's a big driver of the, you know, making the sport uh, good for everybody. Uh, well deserved. He's uh, he puts his uh heart and soul into, you know, making sprint car racing better. So uh, I was uh, glad I was able to see there get him that award I was actually in Charlotte when he uh, got that. Uh, well deserved.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, if people want to purchase their 4-day Knoxville National tickets, they can do so at 641-842-5431. Again, that 641-842 five, four, three, one. And then the tickets go on sale to the general public on December 1st, right?
3: Yep. That's correct. Yep. If you didn't have a previous four day package already, but you want one now that they go on sale December 1st.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, so how, how have you adjusted to the new job up there? Is things going pretty good for you?
3: Yeah. Going really good. It's, uh, I uh, man, I, I love coming to work every day. It's, uh, it, it's every day's, uh, good. Um, you know, I've been meeting a lot of great people and so, yeah, it's, it's been perfect.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Well, listen, we just wanted to give you a, 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 a few minutes on the show here to talk about, uh, ticket sales and everything else that's going on at Knoxville. Is there anything else that you need to get in?
3: Nope. I'm uh, just. Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, anybody that's wanting uh, to come to Knoxville, get your tickets. If you've got any questions, give us a call, and we'll help you out and take care of it. Uh, David Hayes, our new ticket uh, manager, he's doing a really good job helping everybody, and he'll be glad to help you with any issues you have.
1: All right, Jason. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the show, and uh, good luck to you, and we hope that you sell a lot of tickets.
3: I hope so, too. Thanks again, Scotty.
1: All right, you bet. There you have it, uh, Jason Reed, the general manager of Knoxville Raceway. Um, you know, Austin, I don't know what you think, but it seems to me that Jason Reed is really gung-ho about this new job. Would you agree with that? Don't you feel the energy when you talk to him a little
2: bit? Uh, yeah, for sure. He actually, I feel like, um... You know, f- coming from a former you know fair uh, board position, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, he's working his way up. One, he, he he's taking full up full advantage of his opportunity, um, and and is doing the best you know that he can, and, and, and impress everybody in his in his first year. And you know, from from just being a four, uh, a fair board member, who some of them you know like racing and some of them don't. Um, you know, he's 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 showing that you know he's one of the ones that. Um, you know once wants, wants it to be around for a while and and you know is is just trying to do what's what's best for the sport and um you know he's he's just it's, he's gonna be a good fit he seems enthusiastic yeah i mean yeah. he he has energy about it and it, mm-hmm. it's his passion and and he wants to see it succeed like anybody else so um you know that's that's sometimes a driving force to to some some people's you know um you know careers and and how they handle them so uh, it just uh, I'm, in, I'm I'm excited to see you know when the first race will be. I think he said you know April, but um, you know hopefully we don't have any have any mother nature that's going to affect that, and, and he can nail out a good season and, and, and have a good year and, and and show what you know all the hard work that he's put in and, and watch it pay off. Yeah, um, so on the Dale
1: Junior download, I had Scott Bloomquist on there. You've been been listening to that uh, podcast. I haven't watched it yet. Tell me what uh, some interesting um, conversations that Junior had with Scott Bloomquist.
2: What do you think was the most interesting so far? Well, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good listen. And I, I, I had to do a little driving this morning before I came in, so um, instead of listening to my normal music, I decided to, to tune on or tune up. Uh, you know, uh, Bloomquist is interviewing, and I'm not gonna. I know a lot of people have have been or kind of was caught off guard when they announced that he was going to be on there and are really excited to hear what he says. So I'm not going to say anything um, that would spoil it for anybody. But um, you know, it's pretty much you know you can listen to interviews with Blumquist and and it's the same old interview you know every time. Maybe a little little new information here and there, but it's not a one-on-one sit-down, relaxed and and letting Scott tell a story and and that's what it is, you know, he goes back and, and kind of talks about his, his, what got him into racing, and that's kind of how Junior starts it, is, is, is what got you into it, and what was your path like, and, um, you know, he mentioned, you know, some of his, his highlighted success, you know, in, in the late 80s and, and 90s, and, um, you know, I'm only about halfway through it, so there's still a lot of, you know, information left um, that I, I I haven't listened to yet, but just uh, some innovation and, and his stories and. And you know how Scott built himself to be the the persona that he is, and and you know just just you know telling tell, just telling his stories pretty much is is the best like I'm probably best terms I I put. What it did into. he start in? Uh, uh, I think a late model or like a street stock back in California, but um, you know I just I I'll be honest I don't when I listened to this was the first time I listened to an interview um, on his show. And they do a really cool intro. Um, they usually grab you know audio clips and some cool right. music, and, and it's about you know thirty, forty-five seconds long, and and it's it's cool that they put the effort in there to to make that, that intro really good and and set the tone for the show. And um, this was the first time I, I ever kind of got chills, uh, you know, listening really? to some of, just knowing that somebody that is that big of a legend in our sport or not. I sh- I shouldn't say sport. Um, our division of of motorsports and, and the dirt side to be on, you know, junior show, which is you know, from from for a dirt I, for a dirt guy to be on a pavement show, um, you know, especially junior show, um, uh, for someone like junior who's never got to meet him, always been a big fan. Um, his entire uh you know Xfinity shop was was pumped and excited to have him in there. So just to show that the respect and 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 how popular he is in all types of motorsports was really cool and and just the back to the intro like you know that they, they were you know playing some clips from like when he won like his eighth world or dream one of the two um and some of the the I think it was dustin jarrett did a his introduction for for one race and and just a lot of cool you know little sound bites and it. it just was like our our guy is 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 on a, on 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 the NASCAR stage, right? I, I guess not really NASCAR stage, but on that stage, and it was just, um, just really cool, and and it, and it just, um, it, it was it was a a proud moment for me, I guess. Yeah. So, it, it, is he the
1: the biggest outlaw when it comes to late model racing, bar none?
2: Yeah, I I guess we could we could give him that. He he. Uh, he kind of talks about you know what's uh how he got to the point of in his career of you know his his reputation and 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 how he you know how he makes a living and, in um you know that thought process and and it it opens up so some of the stories he will say or tell um really show and set um you know who he is as a person who he is as a character and and i didn't i never heard these stories before and and i and and it, it makes total sense now why why he is the way he is.
4: Hmm.
2: I it, 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 but you're just teasing us just enough. Well, to, i'm not going to sit here and ruin the
1: interview for you. Well, i uh, it is talk radio. But um anyway, so I, I think uh, Scott Bloomquist is easily the, uh, the bad boy of late model racing, no doubt about it. Um, Jonathan Davenport, um, he ended up winning that World Finals uh,
2: the final night of the World Finals. What did you think about that race? I didn't. I didn't pay attention to Jeff Davenport. I was, I was more focused then on on seeing who would win the championship with the sprint cars and yeah. And the and battle Reserve with Junior ended up winning the championship. Uh, I was. I was more concerned about about Brad Sweet and, and David Gravel. I knew. I knew Herb won it three weeks before that race. Yeah, no doubt. All right.
1: Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we'll get Steve Post on, and we're going to talk quite a bit about what happened with the Cup race and we'll talk about the world finals we'll talk about the oval nationals that's all next right here on mostly motorsports steve post joins us next it's all brought to you by lucas oil products it works we'll be right back stay tuned
0: you're listening to mostly motorsports with scott trailer there is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine you're listening to mostly motorsports with Scott trailer
1: welcome back to uh mostly motorsports and uh, I'm sorry about that we we had a little dog issue going on my dog was barking down here so we couldn't have that Joining us now on the show is our friend Steve Post, and his appearance is brought to you by Sage Fruit. We want to thank them for allowing Steve to come over here and be a part of the show. Steve, how you
8: doing? I am well, Scott. Always great to chat, that's for sure.
1: I had a little fire drill. My, my dog was barking down here, so I had to run up the stairs and put my dog outside.
8: Do you have a dog, Steve? I have two, and I know exactly what you're dealing with. Right. Oh, my gosh.
1: You ever had one start barking in the background when you were on the air?
8: Yeah. Yeah, I do. um, (laughs) I do. This interview, usually I'm in my office because midday. But I have one that I do with one of our MRN affiliates Tuesday mornings, and a lot of times I'm home, and it's – it's once a month. It's yeah. once a month. I'm chasing dogs around and trying to keep them quiet while I'm uh, while I'm while I'm chatting. So, yeah, no, it's 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 normal. They they'll they'll be quiet for the longest time. Only when you need them to be quiet is when they're not.
1: Right. That, that that's the key. And and, and being yeah. a puppy, you know, you can't control a puppy. No. No, there's no, No. there's no chance. No,
8: I give uh, i I'm pretty good now. I remember what happens is, is like, I'll give them a treat before the, uh, before the interview and that'll Mm. chill them for a little (laughs) bit. It's the the times I don't think about that is when I'm in trouble. So, uh, you know, got to keep the dogs happy. They, they run the house, you know, they run the house.
1: Well, I know it. And, and little did I realize how much work was involved in owning a dog. So, oh, gosh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of work. No in. doubt. Hey, how about O'Donnie shots going back-to-back at the at the World Finals? That's pretty big, wasn't it?
8: Yeah, it was. He always gets around Charlotte really well. He always does. That's been a good track for him. But, um, you know, and, and we've seen this some. I mean, we've seen, you know, he's, he's seen – it seems like more times than not he's got good speed. You know it's just the consistency in putting it together night in and night out race after race weekend after weekend and uh, boy he pulled it together this week because uh, that car was bad to the bone both um Friday and Saturday night I mean he was uh, he he was rolling that thing and and I know it's been I know it's been a big project getting this car and the, the engine and the team together and everything but uh, I, I kind of sense second half of this year there's been a lot more good than bad and uh, maybe there maybe there's some good things on the horizon for that team, Warf.
1: You know, I, I was kind of interested in his comments at the end of the, uh, at the at, in victory lane, he talked about he's going to be right in the middle of it next year. He's pretty confident that he's going to be running for another championship next year, isn't he?
8: Well, I think so. And I think a confident Donnie shots is a, uh, it, it makes it tough on everybody. Right, you know, I mean, he's he, like anybody, like anybody. But you get him focused in, you get him focused in, and you got an animal of a different color than most other guys. Mm-hmm. And so he, um, his, I, I agree with you totally. His his post race comments were like, uh, he he's he's he wouldn't mind if Volusia was next weekend, right? You know, to get things yeah. started off. Yeah, no, and uh, that's that. It's going to be fascinating to watch. It really is how uh, how everything goes with the world of outlaws. But um, I, I will be surprised if he's not in the middle of the hunt for the championship. I think you go through some cycles, and you go through some ebbs and flows and some downtime, but but a real champion like Donnie Schatz, you're only going to keep him on the ropes for a certain amount of time, and then he's going to come fighting back. And I think they're about ready to have that fighting back time coming up.
1: No, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Brad Sweet did what he needed to do this weekend, didn't
8: he? You know, Scott, I don't mean to, I don't mean to boast. I don't mean to boast, but last week on this show, I told you he is going to be tough to beat because I predicted he would have at least two podium finishes. Mm -hmm. And he did that by Friday night. And I was thinking about our interview last week, and, you know, you just... Brad, Brad would be the most frustrating person to be at in a championship battle. His other finish was a bad one. It was fifth, you know. And so... Uh, and, you know, coming off a of DNF, and it had been two years since they've had a DNF, what are the odds that they have a bad night again? And he's so good. So a third, a third, and a fifth, and uh, claims claims the sports straight championship. It's just its remarkable how good he is and how good that team is. You know, I was a little um,
1: set back by the performance of David Gravel. Were you
8: a little bit? I thought Gravel I, – I thought – here's what I thought. I thought sweet – would do. I thought Sweet would do exactly what he did. That's why I not. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. thought he'd have a couple podiums and, and probably all three top fives. I thought what was going to make it interesting is David Gravel might have a couple of wins there, and that never materialized. Um, he was a he was a good solid top ten car all weekend long, and I was surprised at that because I figured he'd be a I figured he'd be a winning car, a podium car you know, all, all three nights and, uh, they just didn't, they, they just, they, they didn't, they didn't hit it right. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, I gotta
1: ask you, do you think that, um, Sheldon is going to be in the me- middle of this championship battle next year? Um, I mean, you, you sit there, no, not I shouldn't say Sheldon. I meant Carson Macedo. Um, he won 11 races this year. Um, do you think that he's going to be in the middle of it? Because, you know, that one night that he had that one bad night, and and that cost him a chance to run for the championship, I would say. But do you think he's going to be in the middle of it next year?
8: Well, I think he's got a couple of things in his corner. First off, he's very, very talented, and, and he's proven he can win races. So I think that that's going to continue on. I think Phil deeps uh, is – is, is you you might be able to make the argument that Phil Dietz is the top owner, crew chief mechanic in that industry right now, no doubt. And so I think that I, I think that I think that Carson is perfectly capable of doing that. You know, teamed up with Phil Dietz like that. I think the sky the limit for those two. Yeah. The, the challenge is is just how good is Brad going to be, and where is Donnie going to be at with it? But I think Carson is probably the third guy we talk about. Ironically, we're not talking about David Gravel. He he could be there as well, but I just think that um, I think I think. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Got all That's choked all right. up. That's all I right. I think uh, Carson is um, mm-hmm. Carson with Phil Dietz is going to be a very very tough combination as well.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, who who do you think? i i want you to look into your your crystal ball and take a look ahead next year who do you think is the odds-on favorite to win the world of outlaw sprint car series championship
8: that's an interesting question uh because of what all is going on in the sport right um you know with with high limits and yeah. and and who's going to be where but i'm as as good as I think Donnie's going to be, and as good as I think Carson can be, and David Gravel, here's the problem. Brad Sweet went two years and three months without a DNF.
3: Mm-hmm.
8: He had a DNF two races ago. Yeah. If he puts together a year without a DNF, which they've done in the past, he's going to be awful tough to beat. He was in, in in Brad's world. Five. I think he had five wins. That's a down. That's a down year. Mm-hmm. So, in in my opinion, Brad, Brad. I mean, he was good. He was consistent, but with only five wins, we're almost. That's a down year for Brad. I think he does better next year. And so, if if you're asking me right now who I'm picking for the championship, it's kind of like the old Rick Flair line: "To be the man, you got to beat the man." Right. Um, I just i i i think Brad's sweet because of and it's as much that team and the preparation and the, the lack of failure that that team has. I think he's still got it. I think the championship's still going to run through that 49 car. Do you think
1: that any of these full-time World of Outlaw teams, are? is there anybody that you can think of? Because Donnie Schatz kind of, he talked about kind of high limits and kind of an outlaw schedule. I don't know if, if I don't think there's any way in the world that Donnie Schatz pulls off the World of Outlaw Tour.
8: Do you think? I don't think, no, I don't think so. I think, I think Brad is the only one that might potentially do that. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, and, I've, and I've spent a lot of time over the last you know couple of days. We had Brian Carter in studio with us yesterday, the, the CEO of the world racing group in studio with us. And, you know, he shared with us that there's, there's, there's a lot of decisions to be made about platinum agreements and stuff that have not been made. So yeah. we're not there yet. And he's, He's deliberating on it. He's working on it, and there's some there's some talk with some of the world of outlaw teams that are that are uh, ongoing. I don't know if negotiation is the proper word or not. But we had Geo Selzy on, and in that young man, there was a lot of wisdom. Mm-hmm. the The reality of it is, is that to run a true outlaw schedule, you've got to plan on winning. Knoxville, Kings Royal, National Open. Gadget Nationals or a Tuscarora fifty or
3: two,
8: mm-hmm. you know, fifty thousand dollars to win race on the the new one up at Houston's. If you're going to do that outlaw schedule and make it work, you've got to be able to to be pretty much convinced you're going to win one one or two of those biggies to offset the platinum agreement money that you have. Now we have a year where Brent Marsh did that. Brent is the oddball case because his best track is Eldora one of his other best tracks is Knoxville one of his other best tracks is Port Royal and he's pretty good at Williams Grove as well yeah you know but I just don't think I just and and this was Geo saying this Geo Selzy told us if you feel like you can win maybe two of those big races then you can maybe consider it from a dollar and cent standpoint but if not the the world of outlaw platinum agreement deal is the way to go and so, and that's not even if there's if there's any enhancements to it going forward. So, uh, I don't, I don't think, um, I I think, I I think we're going to have a lot of hand wringing. I think we're going to have some people beaten on the chest. We've already had people beaten on the chest. Right. And I think when we go to Volusia in February to kick off the season, most if not all of the World of Outlaw teams will be right back in the fold. I just, it's. You know they, that that platinum agreement is a lot of money, a yeah. lot of money for those teams getting up and down the road. I think the mid mid tier and and back of the pack teams they're going they have to do that. And I and and I think it's tough to say even if you're Donny Shots. I mean Donny won Knoxville this year, but you, you know are you are you going to be able to pick up enough of those biggies to offset the 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 the, the bonus money, the point fund, and all of that stuff that the World of Outlaws give you? Yeah. Did you have a chance to watch the oval nationals? I did not. I did not between all of the stuff in Phoenix and then, uh, and then all of the the stuff from the dirt track, uh, there was only so much bandwidth, but I mean, I see Brady Bacon had a really good weekend and, uh, scored a couple of wins out there. And Justin Grant was the, uh, is, is now the champion. So, uh, looked like they had a great weekend out in Paris, but I didn't get a chance to watch any of it.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, Brady had to have a heavy heart because of his grandfather, uh, Ted, passing away. Yeah. I, I don't know if you ever met Ted. Did you meet Ted?
8: No, never did. No. Never did.
1: Ted was such a nice guy, man. He was just yeah. an awesome person. Um, and, you know, Brady was racing with a heavy heart uh, with the loss of his grandfather that weekend.
8: I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm 100% sure. You know, I mean, it's a – you know that's a that's a bond, a racing family. That bond, uh, generation to generation, is is just um, it's 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 tough to break that bond. And and when I um, when a part of that bond, one of the one of the layers of it, the founder of the whole thing, the one that got the whole thing started, uh, is lost. Uh, it had to be uh, had to be a challenging weekend for Brady, but. Now, somewhere there's some form of satisfaction in in performing as well as he did.
1: Yeah, we had Brady on yesterday on the show, and and, uh, there was no doubt that that was weighing heavy on him. And you know he wanted to win it in the worst way um, and picked up his first Oval Nationals there um, this last weekend. That was really good. Let's talk a little bit about cup racing. Uh, Joey Logano did what he had to do, didn't he? Good
8: Lord, they went to Phoenix. We talked about this, Scott, a little bit, I think. The fact that they had two weeks to prepare. You know, the fact that they locked in in Las Vegas, and while everyone was worried about Homestead and everyone was worried about Martinsville, they were locked in, and they massaged on that Phoenix car and massaged on the Phoenix car. But I think where they really put the effort in was how are they going to approach that 50-minute practice session on Friday. And when I say they, I mean the 22 car... But team Penske, you know and, re- and remember throughout, throughout Homestead and, and Martinsville you still had Ryan Blaney trying to race his way in right but I think what happened is is when Blaney failed to get in, I think there was a there was a master plan at team Penske for one car in in, in Phoenix and two cars in Phoenix mm-hmm. you know with Blaney and, and, uh, and Joey who qualified in. And the detail that they went into this practice session, we had Paul Wolf on crew call, our show today and i and i talked to paul out there over the weekend they went in there each of the penske teams had two or three things they wanted to try and it was all put together uh, in advance they went out there the 22 car was rock solid with all three things they tried the 12 car stumbled onto something in the second run of that race that was better uh the the two car and even the wood brothers car was good as far as qualifying goes and I think they just went out there, and they had, uh, on on Sunday morning, and then they won the pole position on Saturday. On Sunday morning, I asked Paul, I said, this weekend looks like it's gone about flawless for you. How has it been? And he said, it's been about flawless. And on the grid, I asked Joey Logano, I said, I talked to your crew chief, and he said, it's been flawless. From the driver's perspective, I said, "How's it been? He said, it's been flawless. Hmm. The way that they went out there, the approach that they went out there, they were zeroed in on one prize. There was no distractions, no anything. And then at the end of the race, I had Joey in the champion's interview, and I said, uh, "I said we talked about flawless earlier." And he said, "And he laughs. Of course, he's a goofy kid. I love love chatting with Joey." And he said, "Well, we didn't lead every lap, so we weren't flawless, you <laughs> right. know." But but Scott, that that was um, they, the, the, their focus, their confidence, their focus was impressive to watch, and they just really took it to everybody all weekend long and then particularly when it mattered on Sunday, Paul on our crew on our crew call show, he said, When you when you're rolling that good, your only concern is how do I not screw it up? And they yeah. didn't screw it up. It was it was a it was it was impressive to watch, that's for sure.
1: Let me ask you this, Steve, because you were there and you had your eyeballs on it. But I believe that Ryan Blaney was faster than Joey Logano at the end of that race and he was his his main job was to run interference for Joey Logano, when Ross Chastain, if he was able to get up there, do you agree with that?
8: It, it's so tough to say, but I, I think that's a definite possibility. You yeah. just you just don't know. Um, you know, ironically, Roger Penske, prior to the race, said the best scenario would be the twelve car to win the race and the twenty two to finish second. Mm. So I'm I, and, and 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 maybe that's. Roger hedging on comments or, 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 or things. You know, but you get a car to win a race, you get some bonus money and stuff like that, and and, and Ryan hadn't won a race. So and Ryan's Ryan's reaction afterward was was of was significant frustration. Frustration in the performance of the car, frustration because he felt like he had to do what he had to do. You know, so um, I I think it's I think I think it's very possible that you're that you're right on that. Um, but boy, I'm telling you you know, maybe maybe you're not either because right. that that they were both really really good race cars, and you know who who hit the right setup. Who you know, um, Joey got off from pit road first. He was he, he started that he started that race in the third spot on the last restart. Yeah. He got out of there and ended up in front. And, and passing was difficult there. There's we still have an issue with passing. Yeah. It, once these cars get strung out, that's why those restarts were so chaotic because once you get, once you get in line and once you get uh, a, little, a little bit aware of on those tires, passing is difficult. So um, the, the, the Blaney running second thing, I could, I could, I could argue that you, you, you're probably right on that, but then I'm not 100% sure with the challenge that passing was. And some of the things Roger had said, and uh, I, I don't know that that's the case either. It's, 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 a, it's a, it's a tough thing to, to, to say definitively for sure.
1: You talk about those restarts, Ross Chastain getting into the back of uh, Chase Elliott. Um, what's your thoughts on that there? that That's just good hard racing. Would you agree with me on
8: that? Yeah. yeah, That's what I see. Yeah, I mean, when you – all bets are off when you run 40 feet off on the racetrack. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, and that's what they're doing. When they dive down there, you have introduced chaos into your world. And when you do it three and four wide, which they all do, you know, bottom line of it is one move a foot or two to the right or to the left. And to me, right. Ross, Ross, and, and, and Ross, Ross has been a fascinating character this year because there's been a lot of times when he stood on the front stretch after these races and say, I've got to do better. I've got to do better. That's on me. I'm bad. I'm, I've got to be better. I've got to be better. There was none of that on Sunday afternoon. Ross said, "I felt I had the position, and I wasn't going to lift because of the challenge of passing. Because you're down on the apron, Mm -hmm. I felt like I had the position, and he went around off my nose by moving down on me. And so, you know, Ross has been Ross has been really straight up with it, and and felt he was, and and you know, obviously Chase didn't like it. I mean, but Scott, there's a I, I think. I think what we're seeing here, I think what this is a product of, is I think there's a little different code of racing now in the Cup Series, you know, and I think Chase and Martin Truex Jr. and 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 Kevin Harvick and 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 guys like that are of the older guard. That man, you know, I'm not. I, I you maybe I'll lift a little bit, but right. I think these young guys. I think Ross Chastain. I think Chase Briscoe. I, I think Joey Logano fits into that camp. I don't. I don't think lifting is part of the code at all. I mean, I think right. it's, I think it's, you know, I just think that, I think that what we saw there is a little bit of the, the, the driver code. Uh, Eddie Nahan is chasing spotter and he says, that's the way these kids race these days. Well, yeah. you know, we've been bitching about kids our whole life and our parents bitched about us kids, you know, their parents bitched about their kids. But the, the bottom line is that this young generation, this young generation is all taken no give. And so maybe a generation earlier, Ross is lifting or, or, or moving a little bit, not to not to get in the back of them. Twenty twenty two young drivers are not doing that at all.
1: Yep. Noah Gragston, Ross Chastain, Ty Gibbs, this is perfect timing for them in this series, isn't it?
8: Yeah, they're sitting, and, and they're setting the tone and they're they're just doing it because, you know, it's just they're they're aggressive and they're right. and they're not gonna back down and they're not gonna lift and they're not you know, they're it just is. And and if you and if you're all on the same code That's fine. It's when you get people on different codes, and I think that's. I mean, I think that's a. It's it's kind of a changing of the guard, is what we're seeing there with some of that.
1: Steve, you you go to Melbridge a lot, and 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 you probably see a lot of these young kids taking each other out. Uh, This is just the way of the world, right now, isn't it?
8: Well, it is. I mean, I mean, and it's it's a fascinating. Melbridge is fascinating because Ashley the, um, and Jeremy Burnett they run the place. And they are really hardcore on rough riding. Oh, really? You know? I mean, they are really trying to. And they, they had the micro showdown last week. And Ashley stood up in the drivers' meeting, and there was a couple of a couple of USAC midget racers there, or, or uh, you know, the, the, the big name Cannon and McIntosh was there, and right. some of the big midget racers were there. And she said, "You're not going to drive like midget drivers at my racetrack." You know, because we we've seen the midget the, the midget world is just is, is crazy, insane right now. Right, and so bad slider after bad slider after bad slider, and so I think, I think when you look at Millbridge, they are trying to stem that off a little bit. But I but I just but I just sense when you get into full bodied stock car racing, late, late model stock racing, that's how it's done here in the Carolinas. Right. You know, I think ARCA series, I think those, those series there. I think I think that that. Maybe, you know, if, if places like Millbridge are pretty stern on it, um, maybe the, the generation coming up later has a little bit different view of it. But, but right now, it's this, this, this generation that's, that's, that's entering COP and Xfinity and Trucks. I, I, ironically, though, the truck series race between Chandler Smith, Zane Smith, Ben Rhodes, and Ty Majewski was a, was a whole lot cleaner than we've seen out of most of them. And they ran really hard. So I don't know. I get mixed reads on all of it, but back to Millbridge, I know that that's one thing that they're trying to root out from a, from a, from a youth standpoint is the rough riding.
1: More, more racetracks need to do that. To be honest with you, to, to be fair.
8: Yeah, I think so. I think that it's, I, the problem is is what you see on Sunday afternoon is what you're going to duplicate on Tuesday night.
1: Yeah. And,
8: um, that's, that's that that's a real challenge. The the, the you know and we, the the challenge is is that the talent level on Sunday afternoon is a whole lot different than the talent level at the short tracks. Yeah. You know, so there's a little bit more finesse involved in it. we we're, we're now we're getting to the stage where it's just a uh, lower the boom. You know, just just like we've seen in many instances over the final six or seven races this season where people are just dumping each other and now, you know, I don't know. This it's, it's a fascinating time because I don't know where this goes um, because it's it's you know he, I, I got to his bumper and I did what I have to do. Right. I don't know. That's a that's a different world. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, let
1: me ask you: Were you a little nervous when you saw Alex Bowman uh, get into the fence there, he, just coming off that concussion? I was a little nervous for him there a little bit.
8: I was not a little nervous. I was a lot nervous. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm telling you when you know. I had a really good um I was out at the dirt track on Wednesday night for the World of Outlaws uh, World Finals and had a good visit with Alex out there. And I just I just I think the world of Alex Bowman. We've just we just have had a lot of wonderful visits on microphone or wonderful and more so off microphone, whether it's whether it's at a sprint car race or in the cup garage or at the Chili Bowl or wherever it is. And I just I just I really think the world of him And um, he talked a lot. He shared a lot about his recovery from the concussion and where he was at and everything like that. And I have 100% no concern that he was not out of the pro. He was fine. I have no concern that he was fine on Sunday. Um, After talking with him, they took extra effort. He probably could have returned a week or two earlier. Mm -hmm. They took extra effort to make sure that he was good to go. But, boy, I am with you. When he hit that wall, I'm like, oh, no, here we go. Yeah. I mean, the good news is nothing, nothing, you know, nothing, no, no repercussions or anything. But right. my I, my my heart sank just for a second there when I saw that.
1: Do you think Alex Bowman will uh, race his sprint car again? Did he mention anything to you about that? Or is he going to put Cole Macedo in it, you think?
8: No, I think he'll race his sprint car more. Yeah. I really do. He loves that kind of racing. He loves team ownership, too. Yeah. But he loves that kind of racing, and I think I think that he um, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't um, doesn't I, I'm I'm pulling a number out of my keister here, you know. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't put together like a 40 race sprint car calendar for next year, where he does 10 or 12 Pennsylvania Speed Week, Ohio Speed Week, midweek stuff, and then someone like Nicole Mosito runs 25 or 30 races, uh, whether it's the big shows. Um, you know, northwest Ohio, uh, central Pennsylvania or something like that. I think, uh, I think Alex, my read on it is, and, and he didn't tell me anything specifically, um, but my read on it is, is, is part of the reason he does all of this is he loves driving those cars and yeah. wants to do it. But I think, you know, I think it's managing time and managing you know, your body, your overall health and everything like that. It's, it's, it's finding that balance as far as that goes. But I, I think, I think both are options that he will have somebody in the car some, but I think he will drive it as well. So, uh,
1: unfortunately for Brad Keselowski, another Ford burns up.
8: These rocker boxes, boy, we thought, you know, and, and it's just, it's just the high heat and, and, and rubber building in there under the dashes, under the yeah. dashboard where the, you know, where the fumes and everything are. And we actually, you know, Kevin Harvick had the one in Darlington, and everyone was like, okay, and they made some adjustments and everything, and honestly thought we fixed it, but it reared its ugly head again. And yeah. I think that's, I think there's a punch list of things that are being, I, oh, I know there's a punch list of things being worked on, on this car as we look forward. And I know for a fact that is one of them that we're going to try to get so that maybe Brad Keselowski will be the last one of those that we've seen.
1: Yeah. And finally, uh, Christopher Bell, just not the weekend he wanted it. He ended up running 10th. Um, Not what he was looking for. He just didn't have the speed, did he?
8: No. No, he didn't. And I think it's – I think, you know, I just – they just didn't have the speed. And then I think when you have a a, a team like Joey – performing so well it, it just right. magnifies it, just, uh, it, it. you know it, it it exacerbates it a little bit yeah no and doubt. then you get then you're trying to hard and christopher said at one time he was trying to hard and bounced it off the wall you know it kind of spirals downhill after that yeah but boy i am telling you what scott christopher bell is going to win championships in the cup series no doubt i mean i just i you know there there's the old motto you've got to lose one before you can win one um uh, they, You think, I, I cannot imagine the lessons that him and his crew chief, Adam Stevens, learned about themselves and about each other over the last 10 weeks, you know, with the Roval run, with the Martinsville run, with the failures at Phoenix and the lack of performance. And I, I, I'll i guarantee you, I'll guarantee you it's already been discussed about running for, what happens next year when we're at Phoenix in that championship race, because I just think that that's a team uh with 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 everything with 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 Adam with Christopher I I think that that's one of those may, may, that's the one they lost I think they're going to win I think they're going to win before they uh win 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 some more of them before we before we get done with this thing I just think that, that I think everybody involved there is that good
1: you know last year they didn't really mesh well together but this year they kind of pulled it together and they really they just really showed a lot of improvement this year over last year, didn't they?
8: Well, You you know, Scott, and I I have a belief on why a lot of that is. We had times during this season when the Toyota camp was not good at all, including road courses. That's true. And I think when things are well and you're just kind of rolling along, you might gel, you might not, you take it where you are. I think when times get tough, is what either divides you or builds you together. Right. And I think that's part of the reason that Christopher Bell is that good. Time's got a little tougher on the Gibbs camp and around the Toyota camp. Yeah. And and, and and look, road, Porsche races, the number one Toyota at Sonoma was 18th. The number one, and, and it wasn't a matter of they all wrecked themselves. It was a matter of they were all slow. Yeah, Christopher Bell, Adam Stevens – they they went to Road America. They went to Indiana and Indianapolis. They went to Watkins Glen. They got a little bit better. They got a little bit better. They got a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And when it counted the most at the Roval at Charlotte, they won the race. Yeah. I think that I think those challenges probably has built that partnership greater and has made them more. Uh, dangerous going forward. I just, I, I, I firmly believe that.
1: Yeah, we want to thank Sage Fruit for allowing Steve Post to be a part of mostly motorsports. Again, mostly motorsports is brought to you by Luke Oil Products. It works, Steve. I always appreciate you taking the time to join us on Wednesdays, man. We can't thank you enough for doing so. Um, What, what's going on this weekend? What are you going to do this weekend?
8: I'm running a half marathon on Saturday. Oh wow! That's not a joke. I'm running a half marathon on Saturday. That's 13. And then there's some late-model stock racing out east. Uh, probably go down there on Sunday and just watch a little bit of that. So uh, kind of a nice uh, little lay low this weekend and, uh, you know, get 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 my steps in a little bit with my, with my running and uh, and then uh, probably kicking some late-model stock racing. So pretty, pretty low-key weekend.
1: That's 13 miles, isn't it?
8: 13.1, yes, and I'm ready to go. I uh, did my final run last night and uh, did five miles last night. And feeling really, really strong and, and and ready to go. I did twelve a couple of weeks ago and survived it. I'm slow. I'm going to be. I'm going to be about last. I'm going to, and I don't have a problem with it. Um, but uh, but it's uh, it's been it's been amazing. It really has been.
1: Steve, thanks so much for taking the time. We appreciate you, buddy.
8: You got it, Scott. We'll talk to you.
1: All right, there you have it, Steve Post. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works.
0: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back.
1: Wrap up the show. We want to thank Steve Post and Jason Reed, the general manager of Knoxville Raceway, for being on the show today. Tomorrow, Scott Delosio is going to be on. He's the announcer from Paris Auto Speedway, and we'll talk to him about um, the Oval Nationals tomorrow and uh, that ought to be interesting. Scott's a great guy, great announcer, does a great job out there at Paris. And we also uh, probably talk a little bit about the future of Paris Auto Speedway as well here on Mostly Motorsports. Um, Austin, any anything uh, come out of that interview with Steve Post that was interesting to you? Uh,
2: No, I mean, that's... Uh, he nailed it pretty much on just about everything there with what happened at, uh, you know, a uh, Phoenix with the Cup Series. Uh, you know, the the the, the part about, uh, you know, Team Penske and the Wood Brothers, you know, making some adjustments and, and trying to find a little speed and, and final practice was, was something I didn't know, but, um, I mean, it paid off. I was really surprised when I sat, sat down and watched, uh, you know, Cup Series qualifying on Saturday afternoon. Um, wanted to see Joey win the poll, but also to see Harrison Burton like qualify, you know, up towards the front like that. So, um, you know, now knowing the backstory behind that, uh, it, it's it showed that uh, you know it paid off and it worked for him. So, uh, that's all credit to you know having time to sit around and and put a game plan together for for your final you know attack at the end of the year at Phoenix. So, um, you know, I'm gonna be interested to see you know what the next couple of years look like or go back a couple of years to see. You know, who won the first round of, of the round of eight or the first driver to walk into the round of four? Um, you know, where did they end up on championship Sunday to see? You know, does that, does those two extra two extra weeks really pay off? And um, I know it paid off this year, but, you know, what's what's that trend, you know, look like the past couple of years?
1: What about your thoughts on, because you've raced go-karts not long ago. Um, in go-kart racing, there's a lot of beating and banging going on, isn't there? That's just how it
2: is. It's um, rich, spoiled, rich kids for the most no, part. No, 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 It's just people just running over people. It's just one lane, and you you're forced to one groove, and hard to pass. Um, you got to be there, and and you know you got to move them, and you got to be you got to be aggressive, and um, it's just just how it is. Um, it's you're not gonna change it. Um, you know, now if you had, you know, two groups where you going side by side with each other, then it may be a little different, but, uh, you know, you go to short track, you know, maybe indoor racing and you start on the outside row and you're driving the guy on the inside of you, um, you know, through the infield cause you need the bottom more than he does. Um, and it's, it just comes down to how bad do you want it and how bad do you need it? And how, what are you going to do? Um, you know, more than the guys around you to, to take that spot. So, um, you know, it might be the cause of, of why guys are super aggressive, um but that's just just how that sport is and um it's just something that you just got to adapt to and deal with well it's just it's just the world we live in right now right i mean this just the way it is people just grind on people well i'm surprised it it, kind of has sound like it sounds like you're you're kind of opposed to that but um, um, I, I, I i'm, I'm, I'm surprised I, i'm not i'm not opposed to it okay I'm not opposed to it i am I'm, I'm all for it to be honest with you yeah, man it was, it was kind of making me concerned there because i didn't it didn't sound like you were you were leaning that way and and you've you've said you're um i was you, an iron head yep yep no doubt no doubt
1: I, it, it, I i don't mind it to be honest with you i think we need a little more wwe in racing a little more fist-to-cuffs people throwing down, people scuffling after the races. Isn't WWE staged? I, I don't mean it in a staged sense. Okay. Uh, what I mean is that we need more roughnecks out there, more people that after the races, they go down, they tell it like it is. If they have a problem with another driver, they get in their face and they say it. I, I think that we need more of that. I, it drives the ratings up when that happens, doesn't it?
2: Uh yeah. or you do what Ross Chastain did. Anything that's out of the normal. Yeah. Um, that is spotlight material is gonna drive your ratings up. So yeah, no doubt. either rival uh rivals, uh, you know, wild blast that moves, uh finishes. Anything that's not normal.
1: Yeah, no doubt. All right, Austin. Great job today, as usual. Um we want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show. It's mostly motorsports. We're here every day at noon. We hope that you'll join us tomorrow. Scott DeLozio is going to join us. Paris announcer. We'll talk about the Oval Nationals here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products for Austin O'Neill for my partner Kirk Elliott. I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow.